Do you love maple syrup? Ever thought of making your own? Blaine's Farm and Fleet makes it easy with just a few key items. Stop in today for some friendly advice and all the supplies you need to tap and gather your sap. This is the Ad Council. When asked to name his favorite family members, he asks if the animals in the barn count. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. It's 5.05 on a Friday morning. Good morning to you. And the calendar says September 25th, 2020. Oh boy, we've got a lot going on this morning. We're going to celebrate another Century Farm Friday right here on the Midwest Farm Report. So every single Friday, we're going around the state and highlighting the farm families here in Wisconsin that have owned the same homestead for at least 100 years and sometimes 150 years. And this week, we're shining the spotlight on a family up in Brown County. So stay tuned for that. We'll be getting that right around 535. Also, we're heading out to the pumpkin patch this morning because those farmers that have pumpkin patches and corn mazes and apple orchards This fall, barring anything absolutely crazy happening, as if things aren't crazy enough, but barring anything getting any crazier, they could have a monstrous fall because people have been cooped up. Everything we know and love has been canceled so far. And this is their time to capture that market of people that want to get out. They want some normality and they want to do something fun. So I'm going to speak with Don Schuster, who owns Schuster's Farm in Deerfield in just moments. Also, we're going to check your markets right around 543, 544. There's a big cool down coming up at the beginning of next week. We've got a nice warm weekend ahead of us, but we're going to check in with ag meteorologist Stu Muck in about 10 or 12 minutes. And then also World Beef Expo officially kicked off yesterday, but tonight is when the real fun begins because it is Supreme Champion Drive. That is happening at 7 p.m. at the Wisconsin State Fairgrounds in West Dallas. I'm going to be one of the announcers for that. So if you're going to be out there, perhaps I'll see you. Uh, and if I'm not incentive enough, all I can tell you is that the Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association is going to be out there uh, with their trailer that you would normally see at State Fair, and they're going to be selling ribeye steak sandwiches at World Beef Expo. So continued updates on that throughout the day, and my trip to the pumpkin patch with Don Schuster is straight ahead. Can't get enough farm news? The stories you hear and more 24-7 at MidwestFarmReport.com. Here's a pop quiz for corn growers. Of the top three seed corn brands in the central corn belt, only one is 100% focused on seed corn. U.S. farm family owned and got there without the help of a parent company. Any guesses? That's right. Wiffles Hybrids. Officially making them the grown-up in the field. Wiffles Hybrids. One thing done right. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Are you paying too much for health insurance? Rural Mutual Insurance can help you find the best options for individual, group, vision, dental, and Medicare. Call your local Rural Mutual agent to see how you can save. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Throughout Wisconsin, we're pretty fortunate to have just about anything when it comes to agritourism. From the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse, I'm Caitlin Riley, and I'm originally from apple country. You have the rolling hills, you have the beautiful changing of the colors of the leaves, and I know a staple time of fall favorites is visiting pumpkin patches. 
uh, those apple orchards. And there hasn't been a lot else that we can do. And so me personally, I've been flocking for those opportunities. And Josh, you've had the opportunity to speak with some of those individuals who are taking in this influx of consumers. How are they handling agritourism in a pandemic? Well, I asked Don Schuster that. He owns Schuster's Farm in Deerfield, and and he's been in the game for about 30 years. So just to give you some background on on his operation, they've got a pumpkin patch, they've got a corn maze, a haunted forest. And he said, talk to him on November 1st. Then he'll really be able to tell you how exactly it went because everything is changing day by day. But you're absolutely right. There really has not been anything to do this year. Everything that we know and love has uh, been either canceled or postponed or it's gone virtual. So these fall festivities in Wisconsin are one of the final things of 2020 that might actually bring some normality to the year. So Don said that even though the pandemic is happening and people have to wear masks in the pumpkin patch and social distancing precautions have to be taken, he thinks that this could be a huge, huge year for them. I hope we make it to November 1st. Um, with all the stuff going on and all the, you know, the capital we've stuck into it, uh, somebody makes a mistake and you know the virus hits, uh, we could be shut down. If we don't get shut down, I think it's going to be a banner year. I yeah. mean, people are looking for things to do. They're they're bored. They're 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 ready to get out and about. Uh, you know, you're out here out in the middle of a bunking patch. I mean, it's clean, fresh air. It's yeah. it's you know, where else? We're better place to hang out. Yeah. than out on a pumpkin farm. Completely. I, I I was excited to come out here because I just hadn't been on a farm in a little bit. But uh, and you were saying like with your social media numbers, I mean that's got to be an indication as to how excited people are to just do something right T- tell me more about that well the, in the haunt area there's no haunts i mean we're like one of the only ones in, in south central wisconsin mm-hmm. and uh when we announced it you know we our our facebook usually gets anywhere from 1500 to 35 uh, impressions and we got over forty six thousand impressions yeah. uh people were far away in chicago and dubuque asking questions because there's nothing going on in their area, so they're they're looking for, you know, people who go, go they get into haunted events. They they're a different crowd, yeah. And they go they will travel. I mean, every year we get people from all over. Like we had the Rutgers volleyball team here one year. That was huh. hilarious. They were here to play the you know the Badgers, mm-hmm. but um, uh, so people are looking. Yeah. And what if I, I I wish I wish my competition was. Um, in business because all eyes are on us and i'm telling my actors now we have to be safe well and that takes me to what if you're fielding all these questions i'm sure you guys get calls and facebook messages i mean what what are the things that people are asking you are they asking you are you open what are the regulations what are the questions you're fielding the first question is are you open Mm -hmm. that's the first question we're getting all the time uh because everybody especially in the haunt area I haven't seen any of the punk, other punk. I think, you know, I've been talking to some of the other punk and patches here in the area, and uh, they seem to be, everybody. I don't know of any of them that are closing down. So, um, but yeah, the, the, the haunt area, school tours, you know, we lost over 6,000 uh, school tours. Jeez. I mean, I put an acre and a half of field trip pumpkins that are, all they're designed for, or meant for, was doing field trips. Jeez. So, uh, my wife and I are both been educators and so we're we're doing we had we we paid for and bought five videos that we're handing out to preschool and kindergarten teachers they can use as a lesson plan it's a virtual field trip come to the farm um and um 
we're also boxing pumpkins up if they want pumpkins and you know take yeah. take them to the teacher and she can distribute them to their 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 kids hmm. yeah well that that leads me to asking what are the things that are different for you this year what are things that you've never had to do before and then what things are actually for the most part remaining the same well everything has been the same until we opened we had you know we, we sold flowers for the first time uh, a few weeks ago we went around the farm part of buying a ticket you got to go in the backyard and play mm-hmm. and any little buildings that we have in the backyard we've had to to uh lock up and uh so now it's starting now it's starting to feel different uh all you know we were out here picking the other night with uh 15 high school kids and uh, you know everybody having masks on and that's different that's weird mm-hmm. um you know when you're out here on the farm I, you know i don't wear a mask the only no. time i wear a mask am i going to you know go to some of the stores here in town mm-hmm. um so but up until you know we started dealing with the public it, it was status quo we were just out here mm-hmm. growing our you know growing our produce and and taking care of our livestock and and just life was fine does at the beginning the first question i asked you is you said if we can make it to november 1st Mm -hmm. you're dealing with a lot of people that are coming here and you can only control what they do so much so what are do you have any concerns at all about just people being idiots and and jeopardizing your business we've been at this for 27 years i've seen it all so anything you know uh, if something happens i won't be but be surprised Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you're, you're sick, stay home. And uh, but I'm, I'm not going to crawl under a rock either. Um, well, and, you, you, I mean, you got a business to run, you're right? Like, well, and that was part of the opening too. You know, we have so many kids who work for us, and, and not just kids, adults, and they count on working here every year. And and, and shutting down would have kept them from, you know, making their extra income. Uh, our you know, our haunted staff was they've been bugging me since basically March. The big thing in March that got canceled was the haunted convention, okay. which is down in St. Louis, and it's the first time we haven't gone that mm-hmm. I can remember. And they were all all asking all kinds of you know, you know after that it's like are we going to be open? Are we going to open? And one of them asked us about a, about three weeks ago, and I just yes, so yeah. I texted back yes in the. And so that got all over the, the haunt people. And our guests that have been coming here for years, um, I didn't want to say no to them. Right. So um, we'll see. It's going to be talk to come back in November. We'll, <laughs> you know, and, and when this first, the first week this went down, my wife and I sat down and goes, you know, maybe this is a good year to take a year off. We haven't taken a year off since we started this. And, um, we, we, we have a group of people that are in our industry that we talk to from all over the United States, and everybody's like, well, what are you going to be like if this corona's gone in, in October? You're going to wish you were in the game, right. and you're not. So it's like, okay, you know, right. we're in the game. I, I put an acre and a half of field trip pumpkins hoping that we'd be in the game. Yeah. But that so far, that's the only thing that really hasn't worked out, but I'll get rid of them somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean as as you're talking through it, was it ever really an option like in, you know, June, July as it just kept getting closer where ever thinking, "Ah, maybe we won't do it this year." Or for the most part, we always saying, oh, "We got to make some money. This is happening." No, I think we say it almost every day. <laughs> Why are we doing this? I mean, especially right now busting our butt. I mean, we're putting up 
barriers between lines. We're putting in plexiglass for our our, our uh, check-in people. Uh, we're doing all online uh, ticket sales in October. We're never going to start that in October. We're not doing it here in September. Uh, every time we're trying to learn something new here, we're going, okay, should we, uh, maybe we do the heck with it and back it up and come back next year. Yeah. But, you know, it goes, it, that goes away quickly and you <laughs> just keep on going. Of course. And then I want to talk about your corn maze. What, every single year you have a good corn maze design. What is it this year? This year it is Bucky Badger shooting the three pointer with a, he's winking. And it says 2020 National Champs with an asterisk behind it. Um, when this all went down, the Badgers were in the midst of, uh, you know, going to the big dance. And uh, ESPN did a mock uh, national championship, and they won. And I'm a sore loser. I still think Duke screwed us. I don't think Duke screwed us. I think the refs screwed us terribly. And no hard feelings, uh, right? oh, I have hard feelings. I just that second half, those refs screwed us so bad. Um, and uh, this was the closest, you know, I'm getting so far to putting Bucky in the national champ. I really want to take the asterisks away, but uh, no, that's what that's what it is this year. If you want pictures of Bucky Badger uh, in corn maze form, you can go to MidwestFarmReport.com. Again, I'm out here at Schuster's Farm in Deerfield, Wisconsin. That was owner Don Schuster, just about three decades in the fall agritourism industry, and he's still going strong. As he said, if they can make it to November 1st without any hiccups, this could be a banner year for apple orchards and pumpkin patches and corn mazes because people have been cooped up, and this might bring a little bit of normality to their 2020. Again, full story at MidwestFarmReport.com. And for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When someone is injured in a bad crash, they probably know that smart, experienced attorneys can help. But if they've never hired an attorney before, it can be easy to put it off until later instead of calling right away to get the help they urgently need. Unfortunately, that delay can end up causing expensive losses on top of the harm someone has already suffered. At Clifford and Rihala, we understand how someone who has been injured in a crash may be confused or even scared to reach out for help. We understand how injuries, medical bills, and lost work can leave people exhausted and overwhelmed. Call Clifford and Rihala for a free consultation on your injury claim. And work with experienced attorneys with a track record of success to help get you your maximum compensation. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Be the light. That's my motto. Hi, I'm Scott, proud employee with EverReady Electric for over 20 years. We want you. Yes, you. We're hiring for journeymen or master electricians. Full-time with a hiring bonus of $1,500. Why? Well, we get that transitioning from one job to another has costs. And we're here to support you in a new comfort zone. Join our team and apply online. Or call and ask for Linda. She'll amp you up. We're ever ready. He can smell fried cheese curds from 15 miles away. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. It is 520 on a Friday, and that means it is time to bring in ag meteorologist 
Stu Mark. So, Stu, uh, just looking at the temps, it looks like it's going to be pretty warm this weekend, and then we're cooling down. We'll get to those cool temps in a sec, but first, wh- what can we expect uh, the next couple of days? Well, it's going to be pretty fine, Josh. You said it. Some pretty warm temperatures above normal. Have to mention the dense fog advisory still till 8 a.m. this morning. Oh, in areas like Richland and Vernon County, and then Adams, Juneau, Monroe, La Crosse, up into Jackson, Tremblo, Buffalo, all up into that western and northwestern part of the state. Aside from some patchy morning fog, it's going to work out to be a fine day. There is still high pressure that is uh, trying to do its best out toward the east coast, trying to keep us high and dry. But a little wavy frontal boundary has dropped into Wisconsin. I expect it to push north as a warm front today. That's why we warm up and have some very fine weather. But I expect it then returns in as a cool front. And that's when some rain chances start to edge on in. First into central and western Wisconsin, even on toward late Saturday or Saturday night. Southern Wisconsin could hold off till Sunday night. But as that front moves through, there'll be a tenth of an inch of rain or two. But it will open up the gate and let that cooler air in. Temperatures begin to cool a bit on Sunday. Nothing drastic, really about like normal for a high on Sunday. But then cooler than normal. Monday, even further below normal for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We're going to cool off, stay a lot cooler into next week. There'll be some occasional shower chances, too. Those little hit-or-miss showers pop up in the afternoon and evening. That chance lingers around Monday, Tuesday, on toward Wednesday. Not going to be a very dry spell as it does start to cool down. I'll have forecast details right after this. Sometimes the best way to know where to go is to look back on where you've been. At American-based Dairyland Seed, our focus is always on the future, exploring new and better ways to help you succeed. And it's by using what we've learned throughout our more than 110 years of delivering top-quality seed that allows us to reach even higher today and into the future. More than a century in agriculture has taught us that nothing is guaranteed, so we plan for every scenario to ensure we're ready for any challenge. It's taught us that no two farmers, fields, or operations are alike. So we provide more products and tailor our services to meet the needs of individuals across all types of conditions, acreages, and soil types. And all these years have shown us that if you can look back on your history with pride, you're almost certain to be just as proud of your future. Are you Dairyland Seed proud? Find out what Dairyland Seed proud means for you at DairylandSeed.com. It is 5.23 on a Friday morning, and this is the Midwest Farm Report. Josh Scramlin talking with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. So, Stu, you were talking about it cooling down next week. When, when exactly does that start? Does it start this weekend, or does it start on Monday? When, when does that kick off? It, it starts Sunday. We get back to normal, some upper 60s for high Sunday, and then we'll be cooler than normal already by Monday. And it just takes that downward slide into the week. The dense fog advisory in the west this morning and otherwise sunny skies in store. A very fine Friday. I expect temps in the upper 70s could be low 80s at La Crosse. And those south winds stay a little breezy, a good 5 to 15, even gusting a bit in the west, closer toward 30. Overnight, some clouds will redevelop and temps hold in the lower 60s. The south winds about 5 to 15. Saturday, I expect some sunshine, but partly sunny skies south, becoming mostly cloudy further north. A slight rain chance even Saturday afternoon in central Wisconsin. Upper 70s, south winds 5 to 15, gust to 30. And then mostly cloudy Sunday afternoon, showers cooler. Upper 60s, that's more like normal, Josh. West winds 5 to 10. We'll be back in the low 60s already by Monday, so you'll notice it cool down pretty sharply to start the week. Yeah, it's going to feel like fall without a doubt. All right, well, Stu, thanks so much.
You bet. Have a good day. Yes, you as well. That's Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck. Hey, we still got a bunch coming up. Uh, we got about a half hour left in the show, 35 minutes left in the show. We're going to celebrate another Century Farm Friday here in about 10 minutes, and that's going to take us up to uh, the Green Bay area. And I'm going to speak with Harvey Ranke about they've owned their same farm since 1889, so that's coming up. Also, a hunting update from the DNR is straight ahead. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Tailgating 101. Find your spot, wherever it may be, then bring on the flame. Throw on the chops, brats, and wings from UW Provisions and local source foods in Sun Prairie, and you've got a town. UW Provisions retail stores carries unlimited quantities of tailgate tastiness to cook out all season long. Visit UW Provisions Middleton and local source foods in Sun Prairie and keep on grilling while supporting a local business. Pick up these great specials. Cheddar cheese, crinkle cut fries, gyro meat, and ring bologna. Get them at UW Provisions local source foods in Sun Prairie. At Wuffles Hybrids, our family recipe for success has been handed down for three generations. Take two parts high-performing hybrids, mix with one part unmatched quality, then finish it off with our secret sauce, superior customer service. Some people may say it's impossible to get the best hybrids from an independent, family-owned company, to which we'd say, have your cake and eat it, too. Mmm, Wuffles Hybrids, quite possibly the best hybrids you can buy. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Cleary Building Corporation. They protect what you value. Visit clearybuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. Equity Livestock Co-op. Marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community. And Wisconsin Farm Bureau, the state's largest general agriculture organization. Join now at wfbf.com. Keep up with Pam on social media. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter and at midwestfarmreport.com. When you choose from several options, you're likely going to save money. That's what a family-owned, independent insurance place like ours can do. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our Our best best is the the very very least least we can do. do. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, 
jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. I'm Dr. Linda Van Eldick, a biomedical scientist supported by the American Health Assistance Foundation. I'm dedicated to educating the public because it's important for all of us to understand this debilitating disease. I conduct research aimed at discovering new and effective treatments for Alzheimer's disease. This is critical because every 70 seconds someone in America is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. That's more than a thousand people a day. Preliminary data show that exercise, a healthy diet, and keeping your mind active may help reduce your risk. At our website, ahaf.org, experts will answer your questions and address your concerns. Find out about promising research the Foundation funds and learn how to live with or care for someone with the disease. Call 1-800-437-2423 or go to ahaf.org for a free brochure on understanding Alzheimer's disease. That's 1-800-437-2423. All right, Rob, I just saw your article on Forbes.com. I'm always, I'm always looking at your articles because they're freaking awesome, man. And the headline is, Stay or Go, the Green Bay Packers have tough decisions to make with their free agents. Well, Robbie, I, I know you saw on Sunday a guy named Aaron Jones absolutely killed it over the Detroit Lions. I think, is he the biggest decision here for the Packers? Is it David Bakhtiari? Is it Lindsley? Is it Kevin King? What is my man Rob Reichel thinking? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Green Bay's probably got four, three of their top 10 or 11 players and four of their top 15 players that are going to come due here. Evo, you, you mentioned it. Bakhtiari, who's a top three or five player. Aaron Jones is a top three or five player. Lindsley's in the top 10. And then Kevin King has developed. You know, he's developed into an outstanding number two corner, Evo, and in a lot of cities he might go there and be number one. He won't be number one in Green Bay with Alexander. Um, but th- they've got those four guys all come and do at the end of the 2020 season. And, and I'm sure you and I are going to get into how, how amazing Green Bay start has been, especially on offense and, and how they're tearing up the league. But, you know, when we look ahead, Evo, um, they've only got right now about $5 million of cap space available. Now, you can be creative and do a lot of different things. They've, they've got a lot of guys where they can get out of some contracts. The Adrian Amoses, the Billy Turners of the world, and it's not going to kill them. Guys that are in, you know, probably the bottom third of their starters. And, um, you know, to keep your high-level, uh, upper-echelon elite starters like Bakhtiari and Jones, I think they're going to have to get creative and do some things like that along the way. Um, the top left tackle in football about a year ago tumbled down in Houston, got $22 million a year. Bakhtiari right now is at twelve. To me, Evo, he's probably their number one guy that they have circled and they've got to get done. You know, kudos to them. They got, they got Kenny Clark done before the season started. That was big for them to, to get done. But, but I think number two now becomes Bakhtiari. Um, I can't imagine they're going to give him $22 million a year 
but they're going to have to keep that left side. You know, they have a borderline Hall of Fame left tackle right now in Bakhtiari. He has another four or five years like his last four or five years have been. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame one day. And if they keep Rodgers clean or Jordan Love in a year or two, they're going to want Bakhtiari on the roster. So I think he's number one. And you hit on Aaron Jones coming into this, Evo. He's number two. They're going to have to get creative in that deal. You know, the salary cap next year is not going to be as high because um, some of the lost revenue from this yeah. season, that's it spread out over the next few years. So they're going to have to get creative with Jones, kind of like New Orleans did with Alvin Kamara and Minnesota did with Dalvin Cook. Uh, both of those both of those deals look remarkable on paper. Evo Kamara was 5 for $75 million. Uh, five years, that is. Dalvin Cook was five years for $63 million. But But all those guys, you know, if you really delve in and look at their numbers, only about 40 to 45% of those contracts are guaranteed. They're heavily backloaded. For example, Kamara's going to get $25 million um, as a, it's just, just as his base if he's around five years from now. Well, he's never going to see that money. Um, and, and they're going to have to do something similar, I think, with Jones to keep him around. But every game that Aaron Jones goes and plays, Evo, every time he takes the field, he's making more and more money. But I, I keep going back to this, Evo. Aaron Jones is a remarkable young guy, not just on the field, but off the field. He comes from a military background. He's a yes sir, no sir guy. He's beloved in that locker room. He's a great leader and a great teammate. If you're not going to pay Aaron Jones, Evo, who are you going to pay? That's a great question, Rob. And every game, like you said, and we've said it a couple of times this week, every game that he has, and he's had a lot of them now, of just dominating on the field of play, his price tag keeps going up and up and up and up. But, Rob, it's, uh, it, it was a thing of beauty on Sunday, man, against the Lions. Let me ask you, though, the Packers now lead the league in uh, rushing yards and yards per carry on the ground, and then you have Aaron Rodgers in the mix. How, is this the perfect opportunity for the Packers, uh, an aging Aaron Rodgers, to have such a balanced attack in this new Matt LaFleur scheme to make a long run? I mean, hell, they went to the NFC Championship game last year. But when you have a perfect balanced attack like this, is this the Packers? Like, Are they the best team in the league? Boy, I'd hesitate to still put them over Baltimore and Kansas City right now, Evo. I think I think Kansas City's a little more dynamic on offense. It might have a slightly better defense, and Baltimore clearly has a dramatically better defense. But Evo, I think they're the best team right now in the NFC. Yeah. Maybe put the coin between them and the Seahawks. The way you know, again, we're only two games into the season. Let's see where we are at the quarter pole and maybe at the halfway point. But, I mean, Green Bay's got over a thousand yards of offense, Evo, in two games. They're only the, the sixth team, number six team in the history of the NFL to have a thousand yards in the first two games. A man that knows any food tastes better when deep fried and served on a stick. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. It is 535 on a Friday morning, and we are going to celebrate another Century Farm Friday here in just a moment, thanks to our friends at Compure Financial. But first, let's take a look at what happened on this day in history. It was all the way back on this day in 1957 that the Little Rock Nine began their first full day of classes. So they had to go to school under escort from the U.S. Army's 101st Airborne Division under the order of President Eisenhower. So that happened in 1957. Also on this day in history, in 1965, Satchel Paige pitched three innings. Now that's not the big story. The big story is that he was 59 years old at the time, and he was pitching for the Kansas City Athletics. And then also, in 1970, the Partridge Family premiered on ABC. So it has been 50 years since the Partridge Family started. All right, now let's get to the meat and potatoes. That's another 
another Century Farm Friday here on the Midwest Farm Report. Again, my name is Josh Scramlin, and right now I'm sitting behind the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk. And again, this next story is courtesy of our friends at Compure Financial. The Midwest Farm Report is doing its absolute best to recognize all the amazing farm families out there that have owned the same farm on the same property for at least 100 years. And welcome to the latest installment of Century Farm Friday. So each week we are going to be shining the spotlight on the farm families behind the homesteads that are truly historic and deserve every single word of recognition that they have been getting. For this week, we head north to the village of Pulaski. And this village actually finds itself in three different counties. It is split between Brown, Shano, and Ocano counties. And this week, we stop by the Ranke family farm. And I'm speaking with Harvey Ranke. He is the current owner of the family homestead. And uh, Harvey, how old is the farm itself? I guess, according to her, she looked it up. It was 1889. My, my great uncle bought it. 1889. Okay. And what what generation of ownership are you? I think I'm the second. We live a long time. No, no actually, <laughs> my uncle, my great uncle bought it the way I understand. And then uh, he come across first, across the pond. And then my grandpa come and then he sold it to my grandpa. And then then when World War One came, grandpa wasn't a citizen. So he sold it to my grandma, his wife. <laughs> It's all in the same generation. <laughs> okay, I see what you're saying now. Okay, it's making sense. So, so where, where did they where did they come from? Germany. Germany. Okay, so they came to Germany. They settled in the U.S. And then explain why exactly he had to sell it uh, during World War One. I. I guess he never was a citizen, and he was scared they'd draft him. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I, that's what I. I don't know. I mean, that's what I understood. I mean, I wasn't around here. I didn't know that either. My wife was looking that up. Hmm. But I did buy it from Grandpa, but Grandpa was dead already. So. Huh. Interesting. Okay. So, obviously, right before we started recording, you told me you were spreading fertilizer today. So, I take it you're still an active farmer. Well, I'm pretty old, and but I'm active. <laughs> yeah, I'm still a farmer. <laughs> you're as active as you can be, right? Yeah, yeah. I sort of just chains came off, and I couldn't get under there to fix it, so I called the co-op. I said, you're a spreader, you fix it. Harvey, do you mind me asking how old you are, or is that rude? I'm going to be 79 to 19. 79. Okay. Uh, so what type of what, what type of farm is it? What is it just crops, or what do you guys got going on there? Uh, I was mucking around with a few heifers to sell, but that's going to be a problem. Now I got some steers, and now I took in 20 heifers from a friend of mine because I couldn't keep up with the feed. Hmm. Something to aggravate myself with. Right. You were bored, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, well, three or four years ago, I broke my neck and I didn't die. And then I they sold all the cattle and then I bought them back again. <laughs> <laughs> my second, second life. Yeah. They're like, finally, we can get rid of the cows. And then you're like, wait, not so fast. Yeah, she did get rid of them. But then I bought the ruins back. I was there. So how long have have you had cows your entire life? Yeah. Yeah, I had a different farm where I milked. I had two farms, but that I sold to my son. Okay. Um, so bought this one, but it isn't, it, there's only 100 and, well, my daughter lives in the farmhouse, and my wife built a house in the woods here. Otherwise, I wouldn't have moved there. I'd have been sleeping outside. So it's, it's only 117 acres left. So obviously, so have you guys sold off land as the years have went on? What I bought, I sold the 40 off, and then uh, I sold the house off the farm to my daughter, her son-in-law. 
so you had to sell three acres or two acres to uh, in order to sell it. But then they had my my grandson raced some little motorcycles. And I had to give him another acre. Otherwise, my insurance company would have went nuts. <laughs> So, so from what I'm gathering, since I've never been to your farm, everybody's yeah. kind of living right around in that same area. Yeah, I got a brother, and he, well, one brother passed away, one 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 side of me, and one on the other side. Yeah, we're all we're all this daughters here, and the son lives on my other farm. So, okay. And then before I let you go, is there anything else you want to say? What what, what does it mean to you to be a Wisconsin farmer? You've been doing it your whole life. Um, you had an exciting day of spreading fertilizer. I mean, what what does being a Wisconsin farmer mean to you? Oh, I mean, this is what my grandpa, he couldn't own land, no one that was here. He couldn't own land in Germany because then you just work for the barons. And then he come here, and I don't know how he did it. He had over 300 acres he cleared, and he only was five foot tall, and I'm six foot six. <laughs> Jeez, six, six. Okay, so you did not get the genetics uh, from him. But uh, all right, well, Harvey, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, it's another Century Farm Friday here on the Midwest Farm Report. We're going to be highlighting farms that have been in the same family for over 100 years. And the Ranky family, one of those very, very dedicated Wisconsin farm families that we wanted to shine the spotlight on. You can get their full story at MidwestFarmReport.com. As I said, every single Friday, we're going to be highlighting a different farm family here in the state of Wisconsin. Thank you so much to Compure Financial for sponsoring our coverage of all the farm families here in Wisconsin. And from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, I'm Josh Gramlin. Wondering where you can hear how milk contracts are doing at this time of day? Wonder no more. The Midwest Farm Report will be back with a market update in just moments. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at RuralMutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. He takes being called a pig as a compliment because he knows that they're smarter than most dogs and people. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. We will take a look at your opening market numbers momentarily, but first, yesterday I was joined live on the show by Zach Bowers. He is a dairy analyst with Rice Dairy LLC down in Chicago, and we were talking extensively about the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program and then the Farmers to Family Food Box Program. These are two government programs that are really helping out the dairy markets, and he was making it clear that it's these two programs that are really driving the markets, and without them, things would be pretty dismal. So I asked him, I said, Zach, you say that, but where would the dairy markets be if it wasn't for the food box program and CFAP? Yeah, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to know exactly where the prices would be. Um, but I think kind of from a dairy perspective, your best your best bet is to look at kind of where 
the class four market has been at, uh, which is predominantly butter and nonfat driving those prices. Um, those have not seen purchases from the government. You know, they don't they don't hand out bags of nonfat in those food box programs, right? And they give you cheese, butter, um, and fluid milk, right? So you, you look at those prices, and they've been hanging around the fourteen to the thirteen to fifteen dollar range, right? Um, so I mean, if you're, you want to make your best guess, that's probably where we would be sitting had you know some of these programs not happen. I also asked Zach about a study that was done by the National Milk Producers Federation. One of their economists said that through CFAP alone, milk producers will see $1.40 to $1.50 more per hundredweight on their milk check through the rest of 2020. And I asked him if he thought that was accurate. Yeah. So basically they're, they're looking at um, your milk production from April through August and estimated milk production through the end of the year and multiplying it by about a buck 20, a hundredweight. Um, and, but the big kicker there is it's going to be capped at a $250,000 payout per entity or per person in that entity. So uh, it can be capped depending on the size uh, of your uh, company and how much milk you're producing. But for the most part, um, if you're below that $250,000 cap, it's going to be adding about a buck twenty hundred weight to your to your milk check. That was Zach Bowers, an analyst with Rice Dairy LLC down in Chicago. And with that, now let's take a look at your opening markets for the final time this week. December corn is at three sixty-five and a half. That is up two cents. And March corn is at three seventy-three and three quarters. That is up one and a half cents. November beans are in the green, up two pennies at ten oh two even. And January beans are at ten oh five even. That is up one and three quarters of a cent. December. Wheat is up one cent at five fifty and three quarters. March wheat also up a penny at five fifty eight. Now, as for dairy, butter's at one fifty and a quarter. That is down one and three quarters of a cent. Black cheddar is unchanged this morning at two fifty four, and cheddar barrel is at one sixty three and a quarter. That is up a quarter of a cent. And then finally, as for the fluid milk contracts, October milk is up twenty three cents at eighteen thirty eight, and November milk is at eighteen twenty four. That is up 15 cents. Deer hunting season is underway in Wisconsin, and if you're out in the woods, you might see a deer wearing something, and I'm here to tell you that it is okay to harvest those deer. We'll have that straight ahead. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Need to schedule plumbing, HVAC, or electrical service, but are too busy to call during the day? The Dave Jones team makes scheduling convenient. Just text them and get connected directly to their service team. Send them a text at the same number you'd call, and Dave Jones will promptly get you on the schedule. After all, Dave Jones is your trusted service partner. Dave Jones. DaveJonesInc.com. I-39 Supply. Over 200 trailers in stock for work or play and complete trailer service to minimize downtime, plus a huge inventory of trailer parts. I-39 Supply. Trailer service and more. I-39Supply.com. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1965. And by your dairy farmers of Wisconsin. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin exists to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. This is time that matters. A window of time to help protect the ones you love. 
your preteen benefits from staying up to date with their well visits, this is your window of protection. Schedule their well visit now. Brought to you by Merck. He can smell fried cheese curds from 15 miles away. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. Deer hunting season is underway in Wisconsin. An archery and crossbow season kicked off in mid-September, and it runs all the way through January 3rd of 2021. And with each day, we get even closer to the gun hunt season, which kicks off on November 21st. During the 2020 hunting season, hunters may spot deer that are equipped with radio collars. Now, these are big old honking things. Trust me, you are not going to miss these collars. You will know one when you see one. And if you're up in your tree stand looking down at one of these things, you may think to yourself, I don't know if I'm allowed to shoot that, but I'm here to tell you, along with Dr. Daniel Storm of the Wisconsin DNR, deer wearing these collars are completely legal to shoot. But I want you to hear it from the mouth of the expert. Dr. Storm, that is correct, right? That's correct. They're completely legal to harvest. If you have the proper you know, harvest authorization, they're completely legal to harvest. Dr. Storm, you are the DNR deer research scientist. So you'd be the perfect guy to ask this question. Um, It's one thing to be able to harvest these deer, but I guess my question would be is why do they actually have the collar on in the first place? Yeah, the purpose of the collaring is to estimate the percentage of deer that die from various causes, and that includes hunting. So it's important for hunters when they're hunting to try as best they can to just ignore the collar, to, to not have that factor into their harvest decision. So... If it's an animal that they would harvest, go ahead and harvest it. If it's not, don't do not do it. So just to kind of ignore the collar and, and just harvest it as you would if, as though it didn't have a collar. About how many deer in the state of Wisconsin actually have one of these radio collars on? It's, se- it's several hundred. Over the course of the study, we've collared over 800. Um, this has been, um, this we just, call- we just finished our fourth year of radio collaring. So many of those deer that were, were collared in the early years are already gone, um, but it, there's several several hundred deer on landscape currently that have collars. And is it mostly does or is it mostly bucks that have? Do you, is there like a method behind that or just kind of whatever deer? It's, we're we're trying to get the the mortality rates from does and bucks of all ages. So there's collared does, there's collared bucks. Is there a certain part of the state where you would see more deer with collars on, or are they just kind of sprinkled throughout the entire state? Yeah, by far most of our collared deer are in the northern, the northern half of Iowa County, the northwest corner of Dane County, and the northeast corner of Grant County. This might come off as a dumb question, but how exactly did you get the collars on the deer? Because these are wild animals. Oh yeah, that's a whole that's a whole process. So we have um, for the for the past four years we've had massive collaring efforts. So we had a lot of technicians we'd hire, um, big crews of of workers to to collar the deer. And so what it involves is there's a couple different ways. One is uh, there's these big nets we call drop nets. They're sort of like think of like a big tent. Um, the net suspended in the air, like in a field, and during the winter time. And in, at the middle, on the ground in the middle of the, where the tent is, the net is a, uh, is, a, is a bait pile, shelled corn. And so the deer come to the corn, and we drop the net on them. They get tangled up, and then the technicians will go and um, in, inject a tranquilizing drug in, into them, and then we're able to safely handle them and collar them and release them. The other way is there are these um, netted cage traps. So it's like a metal 
frame that's about eight feet long, four feet high, four feet wide. It's got netting along the sides. One end is open, and then there's a is a trap door. There's corn in the back, and so the deer go in to get the corn. They trip the wire, the door falls, you know, behind them trapping the deer. And the next day, we'll we check those traps every morning, bright and early. Um, if the deer is in there, a technician is going to go in the trap with the deer, physically subdue the deer, and then we can inject the deer with a tranquilizing drug and you know do the whole workup, collaring them, et cetera. Huh. Wow. It kind of sa- have you seen the movie Home Alone? It kind of sounds like some of the traps they set in the movie Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're very. You know, we design all of it, design and build them all ourselves. You know, you can't. You know, it's just. Kind of how it how it goes. It's very much, uh, you know, we're inventors out there trying to figure out the most efficient way to get it done. Yeah, so, no, yeah, that is so cool. cool. And, and like I said, I didn't want to sound like an idiot asking that question, but I'm like, okay, if they're all wild deer, how are we getting the collars yeah. on? Um, no, it's it's not easy. It's a ton of work. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, so so let's take it back because obviously right now we're in bow season, and then when the gun hunt rolls around, it's definitely something you want to be thinking about. If a hunter does shoot a collared deer, what do they need to do? Do they need to like call somebody or? Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple. All, all the hunter has to do if they shoot a collared deer is the collar is going to have a phone number on on the collar. There's a, the collar has a little tag that's got a phone number on it. All they have to do is call the phone number, and then one of our technicians is going to go and, at a, you know, at a time and place that's convenient for the hunter. The technician is going to go and meet with the hunter, just ask him a few questions, take some measurements, t- take the collar back, and uh, take a CWD sample, and that's it. But we make it really easy on the hunter to do that. Just so, just so we're clear with people, because I don't want anybody anybody to be intimidated by seeing a deer with a collar. So you just take the collar and you ask a couple questions, but they get to keep the carcass and everything, right? Oh yeah, it's it's their deer. All we do is take the collar and yep, just take the collar, ask them a couple quick questions, and that's it. Yep. Okay. Take a CWD sample and then that's it. Okay, perfect. Uh, Doctor Daniel Storm of the Wisconsin DNR. He is a deer research scientist, and he is here to tell you that if you are out in the blind sometime this fall or this winter, you may spot a deer that has a radio collar on it. And collared deer are completely legal to harvest, so don't be intimidated and don't miss that perfect shot if you see a deer and they have a radio collar on because they are completely legal to harvest. You can get more on this story, get all the guidelines and regulations at Midwest Farm Report. And don't forget, World Beef Expo is underway at the Wisconsin State Fairgrounds in West Allis. I will be one of the announcers for Supreme Champion Drive that is happening tonight at 7 p.m. And I'm just excited that there's an event that is actually taking place in person.